Welcome, Mario. What hey. brought you to the startup world? How come you are like, <laughs> how you come you care about startups? Uh, I think, yeah, it was like uh, two, three years ago uh, when I got really excited about the startup world because I've met a few founders in Berlin. I've uh, met a few friends who are in that space. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's really exciting uh, to be in that space. And were you inspired by U.S. athletes that seem to be doing this for a little longer? I mean, we know that the biggest stars in the NBA, NFL, they also are closely linked to the startup world. Yes, I, I really like the U.S. sports, how they view uh, their their athletes, how they think about sports, how they think about athletes in general. And for me, yeah, when I see LeBron James, Steph Curry, I think for them it's normal to be in that space, to find different assets off the pitch and uh, I got inspired by them. What they are doing off the court is, is, is very, very exciting and very interesting for me. It, it, it also seems to me like that you have chosen a quite a, a smart path. You're not so much investing directly into startups, but you are now involved with funds, like here with Visionaries, with Poly. Um, is, was it like a conscious approach to say, look, I, I don't know exactly the game. I'm going to learn the game as an LP instead of as a direct investor into a startup? I think, yeah, this was the, the approach a bit. I mean, for me, it's a completely new space, a new area. Um, I'm really focused on my sports like almost all the time. So I have to learn fast. I have to get to know a lot of people. And I think what I've uh, done in the past, uh, I, I've done also a few direct investments. Uh, but for me, it's better to have a good team, a good setup to, to invest in a fund and, and get to know the people behind it and their vision and then to learn from them and uh, Yeah, get to know that space and the startup world and the founders and just be conscious about the investments I do and how I interact with them and how I get the most out of it. In your in your day job as a soccer player, is this like a current topic in the locker room, like with your friends? I mean, now you're playing at, at Eindhoven in the Netherlands, but also when you played at, at Bayern Munich or Borussia Dortmund, was that a topic or other players also like care about business that much? Uh, I think it's growing a bit. Um, I think especially the, the U.S. athletes um, and now with social media, you get to know uh, more details about the other sports and what the other athletes are doing. So I think it's growing in Europe. I can only tell what I've experienced in Munich and Dortmund and, and now in Eindhoven. So it's very rare that uh, yeah, the, the, the athletes or soccer players, in, uh, for example, are really into that business and really into uh, investments and being active in, in, in that uh, asset class. Um, I think it's very rare uh, for now, but I think it's growing. I've just read that Erling Haaland did an investment in, in HyperEyes. So I think it's going in the right direction. <laughs> okay. Um, what's the most striking similarities between startup investing and then working on a, on a, on a, on a top performance level in soccer? That's why it's so ex exciting for me. I mean, um, Out of all the asset classes I, I have, uh, real estate, ventures, or insurances, and so on, I think the startups and venture scene is the most interesting part because similar to, to soccer, you have to work in a team with a coach. Um, you have to build a vision. You have to work day by day on that vision to perform on that level. And I think it's very similar to a startup. You have to, to make the right decisions at the right moment. You have to enter the market. And it's very, very similar to the topics you have in a club, for example. For sure, you can't compare it directly, but I think there are a lot of similarities, yeah. I would assume that one big similarity is the way you have to, I mean, you have to judge people quite immediately. You have to, I mean, mm. investing, you look at a team and then you have to basically make a decision, one or two meetings, 
Are they worth my money? Do I want to like believe in them? How long does it take you to to make such a um, judgment on a soccer player? I mean, if you like first practice, second yeah. practice, how long does it take you to 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 judge somebody to know like what to expect from somebody? In soccer, for me, it's uh, it's quite easy because uh, normally it takes one, two, three training sessions, maybe one game, and then I can see what the person is capable of. So that's that's normally very uh, yeah, I can judge very quickly uh, how good the person is. Um, in, in business, a bit difficult for me because it's a relatively new new space for me. But um, yeah, with uh, my team in the background and making some reference calls and trying to get to know a lot of people and uh, yeah, um, get insightful yeah information, um, I try to to make a good decision in in that area also. Yeah. How long does it take you to to understand how how good a coach is in soccer? I mean, if like had. Some of the best coaches in the world, Jürgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola, Yogi Löw, all these people. Like, how long does it take to discover this? Yeah, I, I was lucky to have a lot of good coaches. The first, let's say, seven years, I I've worked three years with Jürgen Klopp, four years with uh, Pep Guardiola. I had Yogi Löw. I think they have impacted my career the most because I've worked with them the, the longest period, and uh, they are very different to each other, but very successful. Um, but for me, yeah, I think the last six five years i had like five coaches and uh yeah so i i normally know after let's let's say one two months if the the coach has a similar philosophy similar idea of, of how he wants to play if it fits my playing type playing style so um yeah it, it normally doesn't take that long yeah. but but noticeably longer than a player i mean the player you said is, is like yeah maybe like playing together once and you know and um <laughs> And with the coach, it takes like months to understand. Yeah, exactly. Because I think he's in different position. He has to convince all the players for a long period to do different kind of things. Um, we normally have like, let's say, one to two months off season and 10 months season. And in that 10 months, you have to work with the team on, on different types uh, of different topics, uh, physically, mentally, um, tactically. And so you have to build up something and build the vision, the philosophy over a long period. Plus performing when we have like games every three days, you have to perform uh, every three days and, and deliver deliver results. And so it's a bit different than just uh, getting to know the teammate. Yeah. One thing that I also found could be similar is the chemistry in a club compared to the chemistry in a company. I mean, in a company, mm -hmm. especially young companies, you also have ups and downs and there's criticism, sometimes public criticism and and, 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 and failures and like maybe even fuck-ups. And, and, and mm -hmm. in soccer, it, it seems similar. I mean, it seems like, you know, there's there's all these, you know, waves that, that hit you and, and then you, you can tell that there's some clubs that seem very stable, like a very stable foundation and that seems to have an impact on the team sometimes, but not all the time. And how is that for you? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it, it depends a lot on the club and um, the different departments. For me as a player, normally we get to know the, the teammates and the, the, the area which is like in charge for for, for training and for the games. Uh, so the coaching stuff also, we are not really involved in the, the other parts like the marketing, merchandising, financial, finance uh, topics. So this is more like outsource or not like uh, not for us as players. But um, yeah, I think the chemistry has to be good. The management has to be good. They have to do to make the right decisions at the right moment. I mean, now with COVID, it's a totally different situation. How, how do they cope with these situations? So not only for, for us as players and as coaches, but uh, in general for the club also. And, and I think this is very important that the club 
the players, the coaches, that everybody has the same understanding and the same vision uh, to go in the right direction to, to be successful. Yeah. If you could pick like your teammates based on talent and on attitude, um, would you pick like talent 11 times or would you pick attitude 11 times? What matters the most to shape a good team? I think, yeah, because football is a game and you 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 don't really know what is happening all the time. I, I would say I would do 70% team spirit and 30% talent. I think you need both factors uh, to be successful for a longer time. And I think both are important, but the chemistry, the team spirit, because we are 11 players on the pitch and you have more players on the bench also, um, that, that is way more important than just the talent and the individual, uh, yeah, performance were there teammates in the past or like players that you remember that maybe you you played against that really increased their game like uh, to a level that you haven't expected i mean sort of like company that you look at at the first moment and then it's like uh maybe they go they do okay but they're not great and then all of a sudden you're completely struck by mm. how successful a company is does it also happen in sports is there like players that, that you can think of uh, Yeah, I would I would put it that way because I think one thing is you promote to the first team, you play your first games. When I see Lewandowski, Ilkay Gundogan or Toni Kroos, for example, I've I've played with them uh, for for a long time, and when I see how long they kept their performance on that level, I think this is even more impressive for me now to to stay on that level and be like let's put it normally you have 10 to 15 years on that level and you have to stay there, and I think. One thing is to come to that point, but the other thing is to keep the performance and stay on that performance and, and be in shape like for, let's, let's say, 15 years to win titles and be on the highest level. And this is a very uh, fragile balance. I mean, it sounds like this could be like easily irritated. Yeah, it can, for sure. I mean, uh, if you see the Bundesliga, for, uh, for example, at the moment, I think they have changed already 20 uh, coaches out of 18 clubs so it can be like uh, it can be happen in a, in, a, in a second yeah but uh, yeah you need a, you need to have a good team you need to have a good coach you need to have a good club um you need to have a good balance for yourself um you you may have to make the right decisions but there are a lot of external factors that can irritate exactly uh, their their schedule yeah. now that we have talked so much about like your view on on, on performance in soccer What do you look for in a, in a startup founder? If you like meet the team directly, what do you look for in this space? I think it's a bit similar to, to what I think is important for me because I think the drive and the willingness and the, the, the spark in the eyes to, to really develop something, to have an impact on, on something or create a solution, I think this is very important. And then to be eager, to be willing to, to go the, the long way, to stay on that course for a long time, even if you have ups and downs. I think this is uh, similar to athletes uh, with their ups and downs. It's very important for founders and for their teams also. After your career, at some point, are you already thinking about like yeah. uh, like business life like this? I mean, is this also like a first step into an, an area that could at some point be a new uh, work life for you? Uh, could be, but uh, I, I haven't put much thought into it. I just want to get to know that space, the venture area, to get to know a few people, To understand their philosophy, their their the failures they had, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting space, and um, I haven't put too much thought in it because I want to to focus on 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 my sports at the moment to enjoy the the next years. Because for me to be an athlete is like very limited to let's put let's say 35, 36. Venture capital is considered not the first asset class to turn to. It can be very lucrative and it can have high returns, but usually it's 
the word of mouth is that it's something that you add. You add it to like a um, to other investments. Is is that the same for you? Is it like a smaller position, or you like put yeah. it? For me, for me, it's a smaller position. It's a smaller percentage of uh, what I what I do normally in the finance area. So all the other assets, they have a they have a bigger position. If you see the the whole um, base of it, so it's a smaller position. And I just entered that space like two three years ago. Um, the, before it was more like real estate, uh, the portfolio, stock market, these kind of things. Yeah. And, and any expectation? I mean, do you say, okay, look, look, Polly, I gave you my money. Now I'm expecting <laughs> like a 4x or 5x or 2x. Any, In six like months, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I haven't done it yet, but it's a good thing. Maybe I'll put some pressure on Polly now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 15 years. Like for me as an athlete, he has 15 years to make it work. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How does somebody gain your trust? I mean, we've talked about this a little, a couple of minutes ago, but it's, it's, I think it seems to be one of the most important decisions that you can make, like who to trust, who do I trust mm. as my manager, as my money manager, as my closest team. I imagine there's so many people that want to like mm. be on your team, want to work for you, want to be a consultant, want to be a manager. How do you make a decision on that? Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, I can speak Yeah, from my from my experiences, because um, yeah, when I was very young, I was 17, 18, and uh, my father took care in the in the early stage of my career and tried to find the right people with network um, to get to know the the yeah the, the good ones. Let me put it that way. And then um, yeah, since I'm 25, 26, I I try to to be more active in that uh, and and try to to make my my own judgment. But I think this is uh, this is um, yeah this is it's very difficult to find the right people and the right manager for for all these kind of uh, areas to set up your your own agenda. Yeah. Uh, what are your favorite startups right now? I mean, you look at the space and you I'm, I'm sure you follow like who's growing and and who you know who's coming um, on as a startup. Any 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 company that you like, especially because of the product or maybe because of the perspective or the team? Anything that sticks with you? Yeah, for me, uh, most interesting is the is the area of performance recovery, um, these kind of things. And I'm happy about the the investment in Veo I did because the founder is German. He lives in LA. They have an office in Cologne, and they have a smart blender for like healthy nutrition um, aspects and for for the daily life. So this is very interesting compared with an app and analytics and these kind of things. And yeah, it, it's a good synergy because. I'm an athlete and they try to to grow this kind of healthy nutrition and uh, it's a good fit, yeah. And, and where did you get your insight? I mean, you've been practically working as a soccer player from like 17 years old. So it, there's very little room for you to really study another game and learn another trade. Um, yeah. Where did you learn like your money managing skills? Is it just like like from learning from other people that work with your money or do you like read books, uh, take part in university classes? What do you do? Uh, yeah, no, normally I, I try to uh, yeah have some time in the off season for that. I I travel to normally Los Angeles or Dubai. I have a few friends and founders there. Speak to them, but mostly I try to speak to the people, get to know them, uh, understand their philosophy and what they have done right, what they have done wrong. Um, yeah, to to learn from their their experience. On the other hand, I have my family office who takes care of the the finances and the law and taxes areas, and I try to learn from them a lot. And uh, on the other hand, I, I, I try to read to read some books, um, to consume some podcasts or, or, or newsletter or YouTube videos. That's how I, uh, I normally gain information and ideas. 
and I have also uh, listened to your podcast a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. we, we so now you know. Yeah, now we know. have to finish the conversation here. It, it, yeah. it doesn't get any better for me. And sometimes that you, you notice that there's gorillas. All of a sudden, gorillas <laughs> is like worth billions. <laughs> so do you text uh, Polly and ask, Polly, why are we not why? investing gorillas? <laughs> I will do that uh, in, in the near future to put the pressure on him. I think it's a good <laughs> idea. Uh, but yeah, and I've used the gorillas also. So this is, this is interesting uh, because if I use it also and it's, it's very authentic then, but um, uh, Yeah, I guess this is this is also what I have to do in the in the future with Polly. Yeah. And, and and I mean, if if I mean, imagine if I was if I was Mario Götze for a couple of days as an investor, I mean, you have this this magic power when you call like a founder in Germany at least, and tell them, look, this is Mario Götze, can I invest? Most yeah. of the founders they probably let you invest. I mean, this is a magic power. Are you aware of that? <laughs> I'm not aware of that, uh, but maybe I should uh, should use that uh, more often. But yeah, I think this is. Maybe it's one aspect when I invest. So what can I as Mario get to give them like short term, mid term or, or long term to create an added value for them? So this is this is also interesting for the company and for me also. But maybe I, I should use that magic in the future a bit more. I mean, in the, in the US, I think the model is as an athlete, you go into the fund. And then, I mean, as you did with visionaries, and then you observe the performance and you look at the startups that the, the fund managers picked. And then you see over the time, you see which ones are really like very successful, which ones grow a lot bigger. And then you like work with them directly. Is that also like an idea that you have, like looking at like who does well in the visionaries fund? And then as soon as you see, okay, there's like, they can't fail. They're too big to fail now. To fail. Uh, uh. Now I can, now I can um, work with them directly. Is that like you're thinking? Um, yeah, I, I think this is also an opportunity um, which I which I'm aware of, and uh, I have done it I think twice in the past uh, exactly that way. Um, but for me, I think it's it's more important to be uh, early stage, like let's say pre-seed or, or Series A, instead of waiting until they are very big, because I think then you you, you are in a in a different situation, and maybe then we have to talk about maybe being uh, in marketing advisor or something like this to grow the brand or or whatever but um yeah i think there are different phases and i try to use the opportunity which fits me and my situation um the best yeah. mario thank you so much for doing this thank you um, it was great talking to you 